Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Ezekiel 42 and verse 15. That almost knocked the building off the foundation. Did you feel that under your feet? It's like, did a wall collapse or something? Oh, we're good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You have it, say amen. Now, when he had made an end of measuring, now I, I want you to uh, pay close attention to this first. Um, verse this is Ezekiel uh, having the vision uh, with, with the angel who is measuring the house of the Lord okay uh, he's measuring everything about it starting in verse four or chapter 40 if you read through it's Ezekiel having a vision of the house um, that the Lord was building or was purposing to build. Now, when he had made an end of measuring the inner house, he brought me forth toward the gate whose prospect is toward the east and measured it round about. He measured the east side with the measuring reed, 500 reeds. When the measuring reed round up, with the measuring reed round about. He measured the north side, 500 reeds, with the measuring reed round about. He measured the south side, 500 reeds, with the measuring round about. He turned about to the west side and measured 500 reeds with the measuring reed. He measured it by the four sides. It had a wall round about, 500 reeds long. And 500 broad. For what purpose? To make a separation between the sanctuary and the profane place. Okay? So after the work of the inner court had been done, he said, It's time to put up some walls. To protect the value of what's inside. Okay? Uh, I want to preach to you tonight on this subject. Are you protected? Are you protected? Bump your neighbor and ask him, are you protected? Amen. Now, this is not a Geico commercial. Or nationwide, amen. This has to do with our souls. Are you protected? Why don't we lift our, lay our Bibles down, lift our hands to the Lord tonight and, and ask him to speak to us right where you're at. Every person, every voice, lift it to the Lord tonight. Lord, we need you tonight. God, I need you to speak to me. I pray, Lord, that you would speak, God, in a way that, that, that we can understand. 
I pray, God, that you would move upon us, God, tonight in whatever uh, capacity or means you deem necessary, Lord, to bring your will to pass. I pray that you would say what needs to be said, do what needs to be done in the name of Jesus. Come on, tell the Lord, my heart is open to you. My heart is open, God. I pray that you would speak to me, Lord. Deal with my heart tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I pray that your anointing would have its way in every aspect and function of this service from here on out, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Are you protected? Somebody say, are you protected? Now, in reading of that first passage of scripture, it, a lot of times if I'm sitting in the congregation and listening to uh, a preacher preach um, and I hear I, I, they read the text and um, I hear the title, you know, the wheels start spinning. You know, there should be, we should be engaging with uh, what's going to be said. There should be, uh, there should be a moment of reflection. We should be listening to that and saying, okay, where's he going with this? Amen. There's a, uh, there's a purpose. There's a point to it. Amen. It's, 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 it's not necessarily just to uh, be in the presence of the Lord, but when we're in the presence of the Lord, we need to take advantage of the opportunity that we have of being here. It's in the moments in the presence of God with the worship, with God's people. When the word of God is going forth, it's a perfect opportunity for God to do something in our lives, something that he has not done yet up until this point. Amen. Every service, it's an opportunity. And if you're young in the Lord and, and, and you haven't been in the church very long, church is uh, extremely important. Every time the doors are open, you need to be in the house of the Lord because uh, the word of God is being preached. Uh, food's being thrown out there. Amen. Uh, sustenance for your soul. It might be the only thing between you and, and something detrimental to your future. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's the way God, how many know he operates through his church? Amen. And so um, in this passage of scripture, there's some things laid out here that uh, that I would like to address uh, tonight. There, uh, the Lord has dealt with me in a very specific way uh, this week, um, and uh, trying to understand the working of God's Spirit. Uh, how many know that we need to let God's Spirit do what it wants to do in us? Amen. The Spirit of God is wanting to work in us. He's wanting to heal us, wanting to change us from the inside out. Amen. Somebody say from the inside out. Amen. There's a, uh, in the book of, in the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking to um, some of the scribes and the Pharisees, which would be uh, the religious people of that day. They would be the uh, the teachers, they would be the preachers, they would be the ones that seemingly had it all together. Amen. They they had it all figured out. They were, uh, look, to look at them on the outside, they looked as if they had everything 
going their way, like they, uh, they were walking according to obedience to God's word. Amen. Uh, they, they, they looked like they, they understood God's word, walking according to the law and, and all that was being proclaimed. But when Jesus began to talk to them in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 25, if you could put that on the board, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Somebody say hypocrites. Nobody wants to be called a hypocrite. Amen. Uh, nobody wants to, uh, you look up that word hypocrite and it means an actor. Amen. It means uh, back in that day, they, they would go to these parties where they would dress up and they would put on a mask. Amen. And uh, how many, what's that party called when they put on them? It's a masquerade, right? They're, they're masquerading. They're, they're pretending to be something that they're not. Amen. They're putting a costume on on the outside to make them look to be something that they're not really on the inside. Amen. They, 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 they're, they're dressed up to be, I don't know if it's an animal, it's a horse or a, a tiger or a lion, you know, something. I'd be something ferocious. Amen. Something manly. So they're masquerading. They're they're pretending to be. They're putting on an outfit. They're putting on a mask. They're 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 portraying something on the outside that's not actual or the reality on the inside or behind the facade or behind the the costume. Amen. They're pretending. Somebody say they're pretending. They, they haven't figured out on how to, how, how to convince people that they're one way when they're really something else. Amen. And I want to tell you tonight, it does, doesn't do anybody any good for us to pretend that we're something that we're not. Amen. We might as well take off the mask, take off the costume, take off the pretense, take off the facade. Amen. And be real with God and be real with the people around you. You can fake and pretend and you can convince the people that are around you. You can even convince me that you're doing what you need to do. But there's an all-seeing eye. There's a God Almighty who sees everything, who sees the, the inner workings of the heart of man, understands the, the very motivations of the heart. Amen. Understands the hurts and the wounds that have taken place on the inside of every person. It doesn't matter how dark the night. You can't hide from the eyes of God. Amen. How many know that he sees it all? He knows it all. He perceives it all. And if you want to be right with God, you need to step out of the darkness and into the light and be realistic and real with God and say, this is who I am. Somebody say, this is who I am. Amen. Somebody say it. This is who I am. And so he calls them out. He says, you're hypocrites. I was talking to a guy one time, and he said, um, I'm not going to church anymore. I said, oh, that's sad. Why? He said, because they're, they're all hypocrites. I was like, well, where else are you going to find hypocrites? You know, you're not going to find them in the bar. You're not going to find them in the drug house. You're going to find them in the church because they're, they're, they're pretending to be something on the outside. And I told him, I said, 
I'll tell you what would help the church. Is if you would come and show us how to do it. If everybody's a hypocrite in the church, why don't you just give us a lesson on what it means to be real? Give us a lesson on what it means to be righteous. Amen. Because at some point in our lives, every one of us have had some hypocrisy to us. Amen. But how do you overcome that spirit of hypocrisy? You quit hiding behind a facade, right? You, you be real with yourself. You be real with the people around you. Amen. And so Jesus is calling them out. He said, you're hypocrites. You're, uh, can you imagine what, how these guys felt? I mean, what if pastor was preaching and he just pointed at you and said, you're a hypocrite. What would you do? Probably get up and run out. Say, that man's crazy. Amen. But how many know that when Jesus makes a judgment, it's true. He said, before you make clean the outside and of the platter, but within, they are full of extortion and excess. Okay? You're cleaning, you're cleaning up on the outside, but on the inside... The same problems still exist. Hey, Anthony, why don't we give Anthony a hand tonight? Thank you for coming to church in your work clothes. I don't feel so bad now. Amen. About every, every other week I show up in my FedEx uniform. Everybody's all dressed up. And my hair's all messed up. And matted down from wearing a hat all day. And Come as you are, yeah, amen, amen. He'd been working all day, earning a living. That's, that's, that's godly. How many know that's godly? It is, it's godly. For you make clean, and I'm talking about being clean. <laughs> being clean on the outside, but the inside is messed up, Okay. Uh, he rebukes them because they got it backwards. Okay? They, they, they have a, a misinterpretation, a misunderstanding of what the will of God is and the purpose of God's word. Come on. The purpose of the Spirit of God. The purpose of all this. Amen. If you're, if you're pretending, if you're cleaning it up on the outside and leaving the heart undone, you're missing the point. Amen. He's saying you're, you're, you're missing the point here because the purpose is to save the soul. It's to, it's to prepare the heart. Amen. It's to, it's to give you a regeneration on the inside. Amen. But you got it backwards. You think that everything is external and has to do with what, what's going on around you in this life or in this world. But I want to tell you tonight, the most important things that are going on in your life are going on on the inside of you. Amen. The most important happenings and circumstances is what's going on on the inside of you. Amen. It's not necessarily what the people around you think about you. It's not necessarily trying to convince people that you're saved or convince people that you're living right or doing right, but it's having a relationship with God on the inside and allowing him to deal with your spirit in a supernatural 
natural way and change the very appetite of your heart, the very desires of your heart into godly desires. And I'm going to tell you, if you get God on the inside, if you get God's word on the inside, it will transform every other area of your life. It will transform the outside. Somebody say amen. Let me show you. Let me show you. Amen. He says, oh, they are full of extortion and excess. He's saying, you look good. You know, you look good, but you're, you're still full of some nonsense. There's a, there's a lot going on on the inside of you that you haven't allowed the Lord to deal with. Amen. Don't hide behind what's going on on the outside. Amen. Don't hide behind the smile. Don't hide behind the hands lifted. Come on. Don't hide behind the church attendance. Don't hide behind being faithful to church. Come on. Don't hide behind reading your Bible. Come on. Don't hide behind it. Amen. Because if it's not changing you on the inside, it's just tradition. If it's not changing you on the inside, you have accepted the traditions of the church, but you have not accepted the revelation of God's word, which will transform your life. Amen. Anybody can take a scripture and turn it into a tradition, but traditions are empty and it makes the word of God of none effect. I want somebody to just lift your hands right where you're at and say, my heart is open, God. I want you to change me on the inside. In the name of Jesus, change me on the inside. He goes on and he says, thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter. Okay, what's first? He says, cleanse first. Somebody say first. What's that mean? Before anything else, right? Cleanse, cleanse first what's inside. That the outside may be clean also, okay? Now, there's a misconception uh, in Christianity or the church that, that some people will tell you that it doesn't matter. The outside don't matter, okay? They'll tell you that it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter the outside. You can, uh, you can be whatever on the outside. It matters the inside. Well, the, they're, they're looking at these scriptures where they're saying, make clean the inside first, but you have to understand that when you make clean the inside, that it will transform everything else. There is a, there's a process to becoming what God wants us to be. We, we, we allow our hearts to be changed, and then there's a transformation. He said, if you allowed yourself to be cleaned up on the inside, it will make the outside clean also, because what what what's showing on the outside is a, is a is a uh, what's the word? It's a it's a reflection. It's a reflection of what's going on on the inside. Anytime you see craziness on the outside, it's a reflection of what's going on on the inside. You see confusion on the outside. There's confusion on the inside. You see ungodliness on the outside. There's ungodliness on the inside. Amen. Yeah, how many know that Jesus said you can judge a tree by the fruit that it bears? Amen. And so it's got to bear righteous fruit. It's got to bear the right kind 
of fruit. Amen. And so uh, it's not necessarily saying uh, that the outside is not important. Yes, it's important, but you need to get your heart worked out first. You need to get your heart taken care of first. How many know that we need a conversion in our hearts? We need to have our hearts changed, our hearts transformed, so then God can make us a witness of his power in the earth. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands and love him. He's worthy. Amen. I'm going to read the rest of it. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and are all uncleanness. Amen. He's telling them, you look good on the outside, man. You're uh, you're dressed to impress. Amen. You look good. You, you, you look good to, uh, to, on, to the outward man. Amen. You look good to the people around you. But on the inside, you're still all messed up. Amen. So, so uh, he's telling them the, the heart is what's most important. Get, get, get the order right. Amen. Get, get it figured out. Start working on the heart first. Open yourself up to the word of God. Allow God to begin to deal with you on the inside. Amen. And change your heart. Somebody say change your heart. Amen. So when, when, when God sent Samuel to anoint David king over Israel, he said, why are you still mourning about Saul? Get up and get your oil. Go down to Jesse's house. And there's a, I, I, have, I have separated me a king. Amen. I have, I, have, I have separated a king out of the sons of Jesse. And so Samuel gets his garb. He goes down to the house of, of, of Jesse. And he says, I'm here to, to, to sacrifice and and I'm here to anoint one of your sons to be king. Amen. Every father wants to hear that. He's like, okay, well, come on, go get your stuff on. Go get your kingly garments on. Go get your, uh, go get your, go get that shirt on that makes you look buff. Amen. Say, you got ripped off on that muscle shirt. You didn't get any muscles with it. So they all, here they come, and they, they line up, and they come out before the prophet. Eliab's first, the oldest. He's stout. He's tall. He's good looking. He's got it all. Somebody say, he's got it all. He's tall, dark, and handsome. Amen. Here he comes. Got the... You know, got the strut going on. Comes out before the, the, the prophet, and the prophet looks at him and says, within himself, that's got to be. That's the one. That's, that's got to be the Lord's anointed right there because he's got it all. Right? The Lord said, hold on a minute, Samuel. I don't see the way you see. Okay, how many know that scripture? We use it. We use it a lot. I don't see the way you see. You, I, I look on the inside. I, I see the, the inside. I have the ability to look past the exterior and into the interior of a man because what a man is is not necessarily what you see on the outside. Come on. Because as we've, we've learned, 
you can cover it up. Come on, you can you can you can put on a show. You can you can act like you're kingly when you're not. Come on. He even had the prophet convinced that he was the one. He had the prophet convinced that he had it all figured out that he had to be the Lord's anointed. He had to be the successor to the throne. But when God looked at him, he saw something different. Amen. He didn't see the characteristics that Samuel was seeing necessarily. Yeah, he had it all on the outside, but on the inside he didn't have what it took to be king over Israel. He didn't have what it took to be the anointed one, to, to, to stand up and unite the kingdoms. Come on. He didn't have what it took to go out on the battlefield in front of Goliath. Come on. When everybody else was running scared, the anointed one, the one that was next to be king, stepped out on that battlefield and fought a man that was nine feet six inches tall with just his sling and a stone. Come on, somebody. He had the courage of a king before he even put on the robe or wore the crown or sat on the throne. There was something on the inside. Amen. Something on the inside. He, he said, that's not the one. God has rejected him. That's not the one. Amen. They, they run them through. Shama and, and all the brothers come, all seven of them. Here they come. They're coming before, but none of them are chosen. And he's like, Jesse, God didn't choose any of these. Are we choosing what God's choosing? Think about it. Amen. Is our choice God's choice? Amen. Do we have enough spiritual perception to see when, when God's saying something and when he's not? Come on. Do we have the spiritual perception to understand that I can be tricked? Amen. That I can be deceived with my eyes. That my eyes can be deceived in believing something that's not true because it looks the part. It seems the part. Amen. But on the inside, it's sent to destroy you. We better understand this concept. Young people, when you're choosing a spouse, when you're, when, when you're, when you're choosing people to allow them to enter into your lives, understand that you got to have the word of God on it. You got to have God's power behind it. You got to have God's spirit leading you and guiding you. Don't be led by your eyes. There's a lot of dudes, girls. They look good. There's a lot of girls, Luke. All you young people, they, they look good on the outside. But if God didn't choose them, uh-uh. Quit. Hey, hey, I, I want to tell you, don't anoint something to be king that just passed your eye test but didn't pass the God test. Man, that's a good word. I've never even said that before. Amen. That came that came straight. I'm, I'm serious. They might pass. It might. Circumstances. Jobs might pass the eye test. But did it pass the God test? Come on. We need to try everything by the spirit of God. Test the spirits. Try the spirits and see if they be of God. Come on. We can be deceived by, by our carnal nature, by our carnal desires and what we want and what we desire. But understand tonight that God has a plan, a purpose, and a will. And if he chose it for your life, he'll make sure that you understand it and that you know it's true. If you have confusion about it, stay away from it. Man, that's pastoring right there. Somebody needs to listen. I need to listen. 
seriously. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> amen. Somebody say amen. So they sent, he said, do you have any more sons? Yep. I got David. He's out watching the sheep. Amen. Where else would a shepherd be? Watching the sheep. Amen. Go get him. None of us are going to sit down until he comes. Amen. In, in, in comes King David. The one that they never thought that it would be. They didn't even call him to the house for the meeting. Because it can't be him. Come on, somebody. It can't be him. They didn't even, they didn't even have him in their, in their sights. It, it never even crossed their mind that, that, that he might be the next king because he don't look like a king. He don't have the characteristics of a king. Come on. He, he's, not, he's not very wise. He's he maybe not very big and strong and uh, doesn't have the maybe dashing good looks or, or the speaking ability that the other men had in his family. He might have been low on the totem pole in the family, but when God looked at him, he saw something of value. He saw a lion. Come on. He saw a man of courage. He saw a man that was a, had a heart after his own heart. Somebody say amen. The moment he stepped through the door, God said, that's the one. Samuel stood up. That's the one right there. That's him. Took that horn of oil. Come here, David. All the brothers watching. Anointed him right there. Amen. Because when God looks at us, he sees differently. Amen. I don't care how it looks on the outside. Can I just tell you tonight? I don't care how it looks on the outside right now. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like right now. Uh, David was just a boy. He was, he was just a shepherd boy. He probably came in the house that day smelling like sheep. Come on. And you know what sheep smell like. Amen. Smelling like animals, smelling like sheep, smelling like something that uh, that just came out of the field or just came out of the wild. Amen. He didn't have all of the fragrance on like the other brothers. He didn't have the nice clothes and he wasn't all duded up like them. Amen. On the outside, but when God looked at him, he saw a heart in which he could use. And I want to tell you tonight, the only thing that matters is when God looks at you, you might be broken. You might be feel like your life is over or destroyed or, or has no value, but if it, you, you have a heart to, 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 to follow after God and you have a heart to be obedient to the word of the Lord and you have a heart to worship him, he loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And if you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due time. Amen. Somebody say amen. So a lot of times we, we misuse that scripture where the Lord said, I don't see like men see. Amen. I, I, God doesn't, God doesn't, when he looks at you, he doesn't see your outside necessarily. He sees the heart because he's a, a transformer of the heart. Amen. He sees the characteristics in your heart that he can use. Come on. To transform your life. If he can put his spirit on the inside of you, he can make you something than what you are right now. Somebody say, man. But when men look at us, 
or people, other humans, what do they see? What do they see? They see the outside. Amen. How many know the outside matters to a degree? You can tell a lot about a person, like we said, by the outside. When God looks at us, he looks at the inside because he knows that he can change us on the inside and it will transform our outside. Somebody say amen. But when men and women look at us, they see what's on the outside. And so we judge men and women based on what we see. Somebody say amen. And so the idea is tonight, I want to have my heart transformed so that my, my, my life can be transformed and everything around me will be transformed. Somebody say amen. Everything about me will be changed. Come on, somebody. Amen. Everything that I am will be changed. My, my, the, the, very, the, the very intentions and motivations of my heart, the thoughts of my mind. Uh, uh, amen. I, I've seen people be converted in such a way that they look so different on the outside. Somebody say amen. I've had people see me and say, they, you don't even look like the same guy. Come on. Amen. That, 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 that's because the Lord has the power to not just change us on the inside, but there will be, it will exude the glory of God will come out from the inside and it will, it will shine as a light to those that are around about us. Somebody say amen. Okay. So the Lord starts on working on us. He starts working on the inside, okay? Um, when you, the first time that you came to church and you repented, you felt the Lord on the inside, amen? The preacher was preaching to you, and you felt, uh, you, you felt the Lord pulling on you, and you know that, man, I need a change in my life, right? I, I, he's talking to me. We've, if we've ever been converted, we've had that experience, Amen. I remember holding on to the back of the pew, white knuckled, not wanting to let go. The pew in front of me. Just weeping and crying, knowing the decision that I had to make. Amen. The Lord begins to work on the inside, change things on the inside. Uh, Ezekiel 42 begins to tell us he did. How many know he measured the inside of the sanctuary, the inside, the working of the inside of the sanctuary first. Amen. He, he, he began his work in measuring and, and measuring this and measuring that, measuring the windows, measuring the doors, uh, measuring the sanctuary, measuring the holy place, measuring uh, all the different characteristics of the inner place. Uh, how many know in order to measure, you got to have a measuring rule? Amen. It's got to be this and it's got to be that. Somebody say amen. God's word is full of commands. Amen. Uh, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Amen. It's a little bit at a time. God's word comes. You hear it preached. You obey God's word. God's word comes. You read it. You receive it in your heart. You obey it. Amen. You do it. If you, if you hear it and you don't do it, it's not on the inside you're going to begin to try to make yourself look like everybody else, but you don't have what they have on the inside. Come on. The idea is to have what they have on the inside, and that'll do the work. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. And obedience is key. If you're going to grow in God, you got to grow in obedience to God's word. Amen. If you don't grow in obedience to God's word, you're not growing in God. Amen. You can hear all the preaching you want to hear, read all the Bible you want to read. Uh, you can you can you can write a paper, a dissertation on the Godhead and the Holy Ghost and whatever. But if you don't, if it don't change you on the inside, if the revelation of what you believe has not changed the characteristics of your heart, then you have not applied it. You have not been obedient to God's word. Apply Apply it to your heart. Apply it now and it'll change your life. Somebody say, listen to it. Do it. Amen. And so there's a change that takes place on the inside of us. All of a sudden, our desires are different. Amen. Our dreams are different. Our thoughts are different. Amen. No longer am I wanting to live to please myself, but I'm wanting to live to please the king. Amen. That my decisions are no, not anymore what I want, but what he wants. Amen. How many know that, that when Esther went before the king, uh, all the other women that went before the king, the, the Bible says that they told them that they could have whatever they wanted in the house to use to do themselves up, to get themselves ready to go before the king. But when, when Esther got ready to go before the king, she called the chamberlain in. She said, all I want is the chamberlain because the chamberlain knows the king. And if the chamberlain knows the king, he can tell me what the king likes, what the king's going to be pleased with when I go before him I'm going to be pleasing in his eyes because I didn't obey what the way I wanted to look or how I wanted to to be perceived I, I did it according to what the chamberlain said because the chamberlain knows the king how many know that we need to do uh, live our lives according to the chamberlain the chamberlain is God's word it will please the king if you live your life according to this you will be pleasing in his eyes amen that should be our desire, our goal. I want to please God. That's the only thing that matters. Amen. If we're still living our lives to please ourselves. Amen. Come on. I know this is a pastoral message. This is my job. Amen. If you're living your life to please yourself still. Doing what you're doing to please you because you want to uphold your image or just do it that way because that's the way you want to be perceived or, or, or you're holding on to this because you don't, uh, I want to do it this way and I just don't think God cares too much about that. Why don't you ask him? Amen. Lay it all before him. Uh, the thoughts that we think, the, the, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the everything that we put our hand to do, the clothes that we wear, how we present ourselves to the public. Come on, somebody. And we, it should all be done to please God. And if, it, if it's done to please us, uh, then our relationship with God is empty. We're undone on the inside. How many know that we need to grow in obedience to God's word? Amen. He measured the the inside first. Amen. He he started working on the heart. How many know we need work on our heart? Let me read you something here. Yeah. I didn't put it in my notes. Anyway, he says, I believe it's Matthew 23. Why don't we turn over there? I'm just going off of memory. I hope I'm right. Matthew 
Jesus. It's, it's Mark chapter 7, verse 21. Can you put it on the board for me? I want you to see this. Jesus in this passage of Scripture is talking about, he's talking about um, that what comes in from the outside does not defile a man. Okay, uh, the, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees are asking him, how come you guys don't wash your hands? You eat with unwashing hands. You know, it was a, according to the law that, that they could, uh, they had to wash their hands so many times before they did certain things. It was the cleansing. Uh, they had to wash them before they ate. Uh, it was, it was ceremonial. It was done uh, as a, as a show. I'm washing my hands before I eat this. I got because I don't want to eat with unwashing hands. Amen. How many have a pet peeve about that? In fact, we should wash our hands. <laughs> In fact, we should wash all of us. <laughs> Not just our hands. For everybody else's sake. <laughs> and so they're washing their hands to eat, but the disciples and Jesus didn't wash his hands. I think he just did it to poke them. I think he just did it to let them know I can eat without washing my hands. Just pick that up off the ground. I just, and here I'm washing. I'm I'm eating food now. Amen. I come in from all the dust and the dirt. Now I'm eating food. Amen. And they start asking him. And he's like, man, uh, that's not going to defile anybody. They're acting like that if he's eating with unwashing hands, he's sinning. By doing that, you're 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 sinning. And he's like, man. you got it all twisted here. You're not really understanding the concept of the scripture. Amen. You're not understanding that that, that ceremony was to point to uh, the cleansing of the person, right? The cleansing of the acts of a man, you know, not necessarily just washing the dirt off so that you can eat because that which the, that goes in through your mouth is not necessarily, it's not going to defile you. It might make you sick. Come on, it might give you the flu. I rebuke coronavirus in the name of Jesus. I'm not even, I'm not even going to say that. It might, it might give you a virus, but how many know that that's how your body works by being, being confronted with viruses. It builds up your immune system to be confronted with things that might be contrary to your body and your system. Your immune system is made to fight off viruses, to fight off diseases, to fight things off. That's how our bodies are made. So Jesus is saying, you're going to, you're talking about unwashing hands, but you're not really understanding what you're talking about because that which goes into a man through his mouth and he chews up and swallows is not going to make him sinful. It's not going to defile him. But what's going to defile him is that which proceeds out of his heart. Come on. It's that which comes forth from the inside of a man that's going to defile him. Listen. It's a... For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come forth from within and defile a man. 
Okay, so when I'm talking about working on the heart and allow God to work on our heart, he's trying to, he's trying to eliminate all of these characteristics of the heart of man from our lives. Amen. And so if you go down through that list and you see some characteristics there that you're still involved in, God's still cleansing you on the inside. Come on. You need to let his word have right away and be obedient to God's word. If any of those things are characteristics, get rid of them in Jesus' name. God to cleanse you. Amen. Somebody say amen. It's out of the heart. The sin that comes forth from us is what defiles us. Amen. It's what makes us sinful. Somebody say amen. And so the heart's got to be fixed. And once the heart is fixed, once he finished measuring the inside, amen. Somebody say amen. Then he turned to the outside. Okay, and this is really the whole point of this message tonight. Okay, because there, there, there needs to be uh, something. Is everybody with me? You followed me up to this point? Okay, now we're building a wall. Okay, the inner court is, how many know that we are the temple? You know, he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. But the word says that our bodies, somebody say my body, is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, we're bought with a price. I am not my own, he said. I am bought with a price, the price of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And, and so if, if, if God's doing a work on the inside of you, you're God's. Somebody say, I'm God's. If, if, if you think that God's working on the inside of you, but, but you don't belong to him, then he's not. <laughs> Somebody say, man. He, he, he doesn't coexist. When the Holy Ghost comes, he kicks the devil out. Come on, somebody. You're not living here anymore. It's either one or the other. That's why he said uh, a, uh, a good tree can't bear evil fruit and an evil tree can't bear good fruit. Either make it good or make it evil because it can't be both. Right. It's either got to be one or the other. Amen. Uh, if God is working on the inside of you, if the spirit of God is drawing you to repentance, you belong to him. Amen. Uh, if you've repented of your sin, what you've done is you've laid your life down. You said, I've laid my will down, my, my desires, my dreams, my ambitions, everything I'll be, everything I am, everything that I was, everything I am now, everything I'll ever be is in God's hands. I'm not my own. I'm yours, right? I've tried it my way and it went wrong on me and it destroyed my life. I'm going to do it your way. Somebody say amen. That's repentance. If you didn't have that talk with God, you're not repented. Amen. If you didn't purpose that in your heart, you're not repented. Amen. If you got up from the altar and still did it your own way, you're not repented. Because repentance is a change of direction, a change of mind. I'm going to do things differently. I was going this way, but now I'm going to go this way. I'm going to do it according to God's word. I'm going to be obedient to his word. I'm going to be obedient to his commands. I'm going to listen to the pull of his spirit. Come on, because I'm not my own, and everything I'm going to do from this moment forward is to please God. Somebody say amen. That's repentance. Right. 
So now I got to build walls. Okay? God's doing a work on the inside of me. But now there needs to be some structure put around me to protect what's in me. Because if you leave it unprotected, you'll get robbed. Amen. You'll get robbed by from everything that God is trying to do on the inside of you. Walls have to be built. Amen. The walls are the word of God. Okay. This is so good. It's the walls that separate the holy place or the sanctuary from the profane. Okay? So the profane is the worldly, the ungodly. Come on, the flesh. Amen. All that is according to the flesh. Amen. All that's according to the lusts of my heart and the desires of my heart and of my mind. It's all tied to the law of sin. Amen. It's, uh, uh, I'm trying to stay away from the profane. There has to be a separation between the profane and the sanctuary on the inside. Amen. Somebody say separation. So when we talk about holiness... How many ever heard that word? We're talking about separation, okay? Because anything that's God's is going to be separated for his use, set apart, consecrated. They would consecrate all the instruments and the vessels in the holy place. And why, well, what did that mean? They were only used for the service of God. They weren't used to sit at dinner and just drink whatever out of. Amen. It was used for the service of God. They were sanctified. They were consecrated. They were set apart. Amen. How many know that anything God uses is going to be consecrated and set apart? He's not going to use anything that's not going to be consecrated or set apart or that refuses to be obedient to his word. Somebody say amen. And so anything that's, that's set apart or holy or made holy will be separated. Okay? How does separation occur? Line upon line, precept upon precept. Here little, there little. Okay, let me explain. The Spirit of God's working on the inside of you. Okay? What's going on on the inside is real. Amen. You're a different person. You know, you're not the same on the inside. You, you want to be different. Your desires are different. They're changing. They're adapting to God's word and his plan for your life. Right? Okay? And so, as you walk with God, there will be things on your exterior which are not in you, they're outside of you, that will be con, uh, contradictory to God's word. Okay? As you learn God's word and understand what's right and wrong, you will be confronted with the exterior world around you trying to get on the inside of you. Okay? It wants you back. So, but in order to protect yourself from it, 
there has to be walls of conviction put up. Okay? Now, nobody wants to talk about convictions. Amen? But if God's Spirit's working on the inside of you, He's going to convict you about some things in your life. Why? Because they're a danger to what He's doing on the inside. And if you let them in your house, they will break your house. They will destroy your house, and they will take everything of value. Amen. And so when something on the exterior is trying to get on the interior of your mind or in your life, and it's contradictory to God's word, it is my responsibility as a vessel of honor to put up a wall against that thing and say, hold on a minute, I'm not allowing that here, not in this house. That's contradictory contradictory to God's word. It'll only bring confusion and hurt and wounds and destruction to my life. I can't allow it there. So I put up a wall and we call that conviction. Amen. We say, we say the other night we put in, uh, I don't even know what Praise God. Go put up some batteries in that. I like the way my voice sounds in that mic. I don't like the high voice. Sound like I just sucked some helium. <laughs> you ever do that? Amen. And so we call that conviction. Okay. Echo. 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 Didn't do it. Did it do it? Praise God. And so the other night we, we sat down as a family. We was going to watch a, sh a little show. And they put it in. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, we like uh, Little House on the Prairie and Andy Griffith. <laughs> Old fashioned, huh? I don't remember what it was, but... Uh, the music started playing at the beginning. And a couple of the girls, they were like, Dad, I don't want to watch this. I said, no. And they were like, no. And another one said, no, I, I'm not going to watch this. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I, I can't. And I was just like, I'm a preacher. And I was like, I don't think it's bad. kind of a movie, but the, the feeling they got on the inside, because you got to listen to the spirit of God. You got to listen to some, listen to me. Convictions are personal. God will deal with you individually. And if something don't feel right in your spirit, get it out, put up a wall against it regardless of what anybody else is doing. So you know what we did? I turned it off. We turned it off. because Why? Because I don't want any of my kids to override the convictions in their spirit. 
Amen. They should never override anything. Uh, uh, watch something that they don't feel they should watch. When the, when the Spirit of God begins to convict you about something, there is a reason. Come on. He's got a purpose for it. There's a reason behind it. There's a, uh, that, that thing could be dangerous to you. That, that, that relationship could destroy your life. Come on, somebody. That, that thing could get in on the inside of you and cause uh, night terrors and cause things in your life that, is, that are not the purpose of God. We have to learn to become sensitive to the Spirit of God. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. We need to grow in sensitivity to God's spirit. Okay, that's, that's building walls around you. You're protecting what God has put on the inside of you. Amen. If you allow God's word to dictate your exterior, you are putting walls up around you. Somebody that has no walls is easy game to the devil. Somebody say amen. It's 20 after 8. How many know if you don't have any walls in your life, you're easy, easy access? There's nothing to stop the enemy from coming into your world and taking whatever he wants to take. Amen. If you don't have walls and convictions in your life, then you don't have anything to shield him from coming coming in. Our home, our home should be places set apart for God. Amen. We should have convictions in our lives that there should be certain people that aren't allowed in our lives, certain things that aren't allowed in our homes, certain things that we don't watch, certain things that we don't listen to, certain things that we don't wear, certain things that that, that we we don't we don't want to allow that spirit on the inside of us. If you don't put up walls against it, at some point it will access your life and take what God's put there. All right. The Bible says the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. All right. If he's not going to come for those three things, he's not coming. He's not coming to bring something of value to your life. When the thief shows up, He's going to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? Think about the operations of a thief. How do thieves operate? Okay? They, they case your house. They, they watch you. Amen. They watch your habits. They watch where you go, what you do. They check to see when you're home, when you're not home, when you're going on vacation. Come on, somebody. When you go to bed. Amen. The thief never comes in through the door unless you leave it unlocked. <laughs> he's looking for an opening. Somebody say he's looking for an opening. He's looking for an area of your life has not become obedient to God's word. He's looking for something, an open window, maybe the, the mudroom door, the back door, you know, never, never comes up and here, I'm here to rob you. I don't want to make a joke out of it because it's not funny. But if you, how many have ever seen the movie Home Alone? Right. Uh, 
That little boy was ready for him when they came. And he, Jesus said if the good man of the house would have known what watch the thief would come, he would not suffered his house to be broken up. Right? If he was watching and aware of what was going on around him, he, his house, the, the thief would not have been able to get on the inside and break up what's going on the inside. Amen. Because he's, war, he's, he's, he's line upon line and precept upon precept. He's putting things in place to protect his house from that, can, that, that which can be destructive and that which can destroy him and his family. Somebody say amen. How many know that when you go to bed at night, what do you do? You lock the doors. You check the windows. You set the alarm. We're careful about our, our worldly home. But how about this home? Are we careful about this? Are we watching diligently every area of our life? Amen. This is not a game. Amen. When God convicts you about something, you need to listen. Come on. When God deals with your heart about something, you need to listen. Because the, he's trying to put walls up around you to protect what's going on in your world. But hear me. If you're inviting it into your home, if you left that window open, come on, if you didn't lock the doors, you didn't make sure it was secured, you're basically inviting the thief in. Somebody say amen. And if, you're, if he's invited and he's there, he didn't have to break a window to get in. That, uh, that's illegal. <laughs> the devil don't break windows to get in. Amen. He deceives you in an area of your life to let you leave that door open for him so he can come and go as he pleases. Now listen to me. If he's there and you left the door open for him, he's welcome there. And a lot of times we'll blame the devil and we'll, we'll, we'll say it's an attack or this or that or uh, maybe God don't care about me or God's not protecting me. That's not the case. God's only responsible for that which you obey. Come on, somebody. If you don't have knowledge of it, you're not held responsible for it. But if you have knowledge of it and you're not doing it, you're not building the walls, you're not becoming obedient to God's word, there's going to be some things happen in your life that's going to bring confusion and destruction and ultimately uh, uh, it could question your future and your soul. Amen. This is serious. When God speaks, we need to listen. When the Spirit of God deals with us, we need to put up a wall and say, that's not coming in my home. That's not coming in my mind. I'm not looking at that. I'm not listening to that. I'm not wearing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not having the relationship with that person. Come on, somebody. We need to rely on God's Spirit for every aspect of our lives. He will protect you. Protects you. Amen. Stand with me all around the building. Are you protected? God's word will protect you. It will protect you. Have you ever done something and thought, I hope Pastor don't find out about this? Have you ever done something and thought, 
you know why you think that? Because Please don't tell pastor. I don't want him to know. He disappointed in me. It's not me you got to worry about. But as a spiritual authority, I'm a representation of his authority. And so, yeah, you don't want to disappoint the man. I would rather you just please God. Please God, you don't have to worry about me. Amen. Be true to the convictions of your spirit. How does it feel when you get convicted? Sometimes I get mad. I get edgy. Somebody says something and it really convicts me. Why? Because the truth hurts. If it don't bother you at all, it's not true. Amen. Sometimes it don't feel good. Sometimes... We run from it. But man, we get out of the church as fast as we can. I don't want to be close to that because I'll have to repent, right? I'll have to admit. I'll have to do what God's asking me to do. But God's not doing it to hurt you. God's doing it to protect you. To preserve your life, to preserve your soul. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of times, and you ask these kids, and they'll tell you, there's a lot of times that I had to tell them no. More times than I told them yes. And there was times where they'd be like, Dad, but why? I don't understand why. I say, you don't need to know why. You don't understand you don't see what I see. You don't know what I know. You haven't been where I've been. Come on. I see farther than you see. And there's times where you're just going to have to trust me. Because I'm not doing it to hurt you. I, nobody loves you more than I love you. That's what I tell them. Nobody loves you more than I do. Me and your mom. Nobody. Nobody loves you more than us. Nobody wants to preserve you and protect you more than we do. Anything we do is to help you and to preserve your life. Never to harm you. But sometimes when we want to do what we want to do and we want to go where we want to go, we want to be who we want to be, we, we reject the hand of God and there's no protection around our life. And if I could just tell you tonight, it is time to submit to the will of God for your life. It's time.
It's time to allow the conviction of the Spirit of God to rush in, begin to put up walls, begin to put up walls of protection around you and set you apart. Come on, and separate you for His use. And I'm telling you, if you allow the Spirit of God to have right away in your life, He will take the oil of the anointing and He'll pour it on the inside of you and you will be anointed of God. A vessel filled with the power and conviction of the Holy Ghost. Conviction is power. It's power. Let me just teach you this for a moment, okay? If you don't allow the Spirit of God to have control, if you don't submit to what He's telling you, okay, you don't have power over that. Because that which you yield your members' servants to obey, that's whose servant you are. So if you're yielding yourself a servant of obedience to unrighteousness, you are controlled by that. You have no power over it. So when you have a conviction of the Holy Ghost, God's trying to give you power over that thing in your life. How do you get power over it? You submit yourself, therefore, to God. You're submitting to his way. Okay? Resist the devil. And he'll flee. But if you don't submit to God in that area, you can't resist him. So when you have conviction in your life, uh, you hear somebody say, he's a man of conviction, a woman of conviction. They have convictions in, your, in their life. They have put up walls in their world. They, they're just not, they just don't let anything and everything access their life or their family or their home. Why? They, they, have, they have walls put up and that gives them power. Power to preach, power to teach, power to be, power over all power of the enemy. I'm going to tell you, obedience to God's word will give you power. Jesus was casting out devils. I'm trying to quit. I feel an unction. Amen. Jesus was casting out devils. And they said, you cast out devils by the power of Beelzebub. Lord of the flies, Lord of the devils. And he said, a house divided against itself can't stand. Amen. Any house divided against itself is brought to desolation. How can I, by, by the finger of the devil, cast out devils? Basically what he's saying, if I'm in cahoots with them, I don't have any power over them. But he said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come unto you. Amen. When you submit to the kingdom law or the word of God in your life, the kingdom, you have the power of the kingdom of God in you. You have the power to cast out every power of darkness. Come on. In that area of your life, you need to submit to the word of God. And Jesus, he, he confronted them. He said, these children, when they stand in judgment, they're going to judge you. Who is, who is he talking about? He's talking about his disciples. They were casting out devils. 
Basically what he was saying, these guys are casting out devils. How about you? How many devils you casted out? Why was he saying that? Because if you can't cast out devils, you don't have any power over them. That's what so when you're in cahoots with them, when you're with them, when you're doing what it says, when you're doing what you want to do, you don't have any power over it. But when you develop convictions in your life, all of a sudden you start living a life of power and authority. Let me ask you a question. When you need somebody to pray, I'm talking somebody to bombard heaven for you. When you need a touch from the, the Lord and there's desperation, who do you call on? Think about it. Do you call on somebody that you know is living half-hearted for God? You, you really know these things, but you just we just haven't exercised the thought of it. We call on somebody who we know serves God. We call on somebody who we know prays. We call on somebody who we know knows God's word and, and can de determine truth from a lie. Come on. We call on somebody that is set apart and sanctified. And we can look at their lifestyle and know they're living for God. Amen. That's who we call on. That should be, that should tell us something. That should preach to us uh, that if we want to be used of the Lord, if we want power in our lives, uh, we got to be protected by the convictions of God's word. Now's the time. You've played, you've played around too long. You've let it rest too long. Now is the time for you to become who God is wanting you to be. time. God's pulling on us tonight. Why don't we lift our hands tonight in the name of Jesus as they begin to sing. Why don't we run to this altar tonight and cry out unto the Lord. I don't know what area of this message has touched your heart, but if you need God's help, if you know I'm preaching to you tonight, why don't you run to this altar? Uh, every person should be in this altar knowing that, man, I need some convictions. I, I need the Spirit of the Lord to, 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 to tell me what to do and what not to do. I need the courage to stand and be obedient to God's word. I need the courage to be the man or woman that he is calling me to be set apart, holy, uh, meet for the master's use. I've been measured. I've been measured. I'm going to allow the Lord to measure me. I'm going to allow him to measure my life, my personal life. I'm going to allow him to measure the thoughts of my heart, the, the decisions that I'm making. I'm going to allow him to measure what I'm putting my hand to do, what I'm listening to, what I'm allowing my eyes to see, what friends I'm hanging out with. I'm going to allow the Lord to measure it. He's not doing it for your detriment. He's doing it for your protection. I give myself away. Come on, draw the line. Not in my house. Not in my house. Not in my mind. Come on. There needs to be some things put. Uh, uh, there needs to be some walls put up. There needs to be some structures built to, to, to keep some things out of our lives and out of our homes. In the name of Jesus, call on the name of the Lord. Come on, call in the name of the Lord right now. I give myself away. Are you protected? Come on, are you protected? 
Come on, is your children protected? Is your marriage protected? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give myself away. Hallelujah. He wants to give you power and authority. He wants to give you dominion over every area of your life. But you got to submit yourself to the Word of God. You got to submit yourself to the workings of the Holy Ghost in your life. You got to submit to it and then resist it. Resist the devil. Resist the evil. Resist the temptation. Walk away from it. Do it God's way. And you will have deliverance and power in that area of your life. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.